You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is uh Oh no, <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Yo, what's good? Welcome back to another episode of the Van Flip. Today we are joined by Mark of Veal of Maya as well as Alex via the phone call. Howdy. Howdy. What's up? How are you doing? <laughs> so how you're, you guys are on tour currently, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, how's the tour been treating you so far? Uh, it's been fun. It's interesting. It's like a, a different kind of lineup than what we're used to doing, mm-hmm. but the show's have been going well still, so it's it's fun. When you say different kind of lineup, you mean like band or just yeah, yeah, like bands you're playing with. Bands we're playing with. I guess we're like, I mean, we're kind of used to touring with like you know like metalcore or gent bands right now, and like this tour is like kind of like a progressive instrumental kind of thing. Yeah, intervals is mostly instrumental, correct? They have yeah, well, everything. Yeah, they're instrumental on this tour. Okay, because I know they have a couple songs that do. I think they had an album vocalist. where they had a vocalist. Or okay, something, interesting. Or some release of a vocalist. Honestly, I'm not super uh, up to date with the intervals hmm. as I as I should be probably, but that's just a drawback on my part. Um, so the tour has been going well, though. Yeah. Okay. For cool. Sure. Um, you said something about metalcore earlier. One of the things that is brought up a lot, I guess, when you research feel of Maya is the fact that your earlier uh your earlier albums were more kind of like gent more i guess deathcore you would call it but then uh, i guess in the last uh the last album you guys had was it like two years ago yeah it people classify that one more as a metalcore album hmm, interesting i was just wondering what the progression was from like earlier on to current status as far as your musical sound um i think it's only vocals that people are talking about and okay. that's pretty much it i mean like when we first started touring um our label kind of kind of pushed us in the death metal direction and we'd be touring with bands with like um like we toured with vader and like malevolent creation and like uh necrophages and <laughs> dying fetus and stuff like that and then then they tried putting us like in the hardcore thing like like stick to your guns and ghost inside and and that really wasn't working for us <laughs> at all like honestly and then once we started doing like metal core whatever like or like periphery kind of tours then you know it started taking off a little bit more yeah i mean 
I found out about you guys around the um, It's Not Safe to Swim mm-hmm. time, around that time frame. And it seemed like bands like you guys, Periphery and like Born of Osiris, were coming out yeah. along around the same line. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that, that those, because you were saying you were having some trouble with shows like Stick to Your Guns and more hardcore type shows. Yeah. Do you find that it's better to play along more like your style of bands or do you like to be exposed to other genres too? Um, I guess, uh, just because before you were saying you were touring with, uh, you know, death metal or death core type bands. I think like when we were starting out, it was a lot harder to tour with bands that weren't like us because no one knew who we were. So it's like, you know, if you came to see a hardcore show and you get us, you're going to be pretty disappointed. But now that like we have like more of a following, like when we do weird stuff like that or play with bands that aren't our genre, it goes a lot better. Like people are, I guess, more open minded. I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So when you say like uh, it didn't really work out as far as with when you're touring with hardcore bands, I just thought of like, do you guys you can tell on stage that people just aren't into it enough? Oh, or I mean, I wouldn't even say that now that it doesn't work out. Just like back when we were starting, it was mm. just really awkward. Oh, okay, in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, we've done some <laughs> like we've toured with some hardcore bands since then, and it's been way cooler. Okay, cool. That, that's yeah. good. Just because you know, broaden the horizon, so to speak, so you can get you for know, sure more people. Um, I do find that you know. Again, going back to when I first ran into you guys, or not ran into you, when I first found you guys, it was definitely like a certain style of, I don't even want to call it metalcore, but we'll just call it metalcore for now just to, because it's easier to yeah to call it that. But it, It's always been a hard thing to label <laughs> until the word gent came out, which I really, not like a big fan of at all, but I don't, I don't even really, I don't know if I'd consider you guys gent either. But I, it's whatever. Metal and metalcore to me are all the same. It, I just refer to it as it's just a, a good umbrella to put everything under. Yeah. But um, you guys came out on the same time like all those other bands, and the one thing I did notice for for myself was it was a cross between like stuff like between the buried and me, where it's very technical, uh, mm. you know, technical guitar work, technical drumming, technical everything, time changes, just everything. Yeah. Uh, compared with like really heavy breakdowns and just you know really killer riffs um it's just kind of cool that all that kind of flourished together and you're from chicago yeah is that is that something that's prevalent up in chicago or were you guys just like a one-off starting a whole situation well at the time like when 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 i was in high school like i was trying to i had like a melodic death metal band (laughs) with my friends and we would play with like all the death metal bands but we noticed that everyone our age was into hardcore and like the hardcore scene was just like way more popular at the time and so we kind of like we wanted to be like cool with that but we we just weren't cool <laughs> we weren't in so like with this band i kind of like i tried to i guess my goal at first was to be like kind of like fisher price like my first death my first technical death metal band or whatever and then like you kind of had to have breakdowns to get people to book you and for (laughs) kids to come to shows but so i mean mishuga was (laughs) no like i've meant like like for people that didn't know anything about technical death metal they were a fisher price (laughs) type band (laughs) sorry That's hard. I wonder if that is a band name somewhere, <laughs> or if it's tra- it's probably trademark, so you can't even use it. You yeah, know you, I mean? you, you get sued. <laughs> so I'm gonna continue. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> oh yeah, that's my well, fault. I mean, 
I mean, like, my, the bands that I liked when I was, like, starting the band or whatever was, like, I was into, like, King Crimson and Yes and, like, Suffocation and it was, like, a whole bunch of different stuff. That Epic wasn't, metal. Yeah, it wasn't, like, hardcore related or anything like that, but then, like, I liked Meshuggah a lot, so I figured, it, like, they kind of had, like, sort of breakdowns or people were starting to kind of rip, rip off their breakdown mm-hmm. sound a little bit. But I just, I don't know, back in the day, remember when, like, every band was, like, had just discovered At The Gates, and then, like, every every metal core band sounded like At The Gates with, like, pretty garbage breakdowns or yeah. whatever. And then yeah. we kind of just, I don't know, kind of hopped on that and then tried to take it to... Right, the tail, the, the, the coattails is there. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in uh, to dovetail some of the earlier conversation regarding the bands you've toured with in the past compared to the bands you've just toured with as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was I was reading one of our news items about the Under Oath tour, and um, it's kind of funny because one of the comments seems to reference what you mentioned earlier, albeit not in a nice way. So I'll read <laughs> oh, it, but you hopefully don't read them good comments. But if you do, you know what kind of assholes post there. Of course. Uh, <laughs> I read all the comments. <laughs> okay. Well, you may have seen this. It said, remember when Vale used to tour with bands like Dying Fetus and Necrophagist, sold the fuck out, and still sits at the bottom of tour slots? Damn. <laughs> I don't know if they have a point or not, uh, but, um, you know, obviously playing with Under Oath, that's got to be great exposure for you guys. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Under Oath shows were bigger than the, the Necrophages. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, but is that, is that a conscious decision you're, you're sort of making? You're, you're, I don't, not selling out, but you're, you know, knowing you're going to piss off some of your diehard fans because you're playing with bands that aren't deathcore or metalcore, again, the gym, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, is that something that that weighed upon you guys heavily prior to making those decisions, or is it just no? Forget it. We're playing. That's we can't turn down a slot like that. Um, well, actually, it was. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but the tour was supposed to be um, a Dance Gavin Dance headliner tour, and Under Oath wanted Dance Gavin Dance, and our manager manages both of us, and he was like, "Well, you can't just take this band off their tour that I've worked on getting for them, so you have to bring them <laughs> too." So it wasn't like we were just like, oh, we got a tour with Under Oath or whatever. It just kind of like worked out like that. And I mean, it yeah. is definitely a band that you'd like to get on. I mean, totally. I was in a band in, in your remote like genre that was similar to Under Oath. I would want to be with them just because, I mean, their crowd now is even bigger than it was when they were constantly making music. In totally. Because they kind of have a different sound now too. It's not as death death metal or as like scene or hardcore as they used to be as well they they kind of have a more broaded broadened uh, sound yeah um i i i don't think the under oath fans liked us too much but uh, dance that was my next question <laughs> how'd you guys go down with the under oath people and I, you just answered it that's yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate well we had a few shows that were just us and dance gavin dance and they were like sold out like real good and then their fans actually liked us because mm-hmm. they're just like a bunch of weirdos that are pretty open-minded, it seems, whereas people that came to see Under Oath are just, like, uh, nostalgic, you know what I mean? Right. They, they came to see Under Oath, so... Yeah, they didn't care about their new album either, probably. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> one, of the, the, one of the things that you bring up, Dance, Gavin, Dance, one of the things that me and JP noticed on their one of the last albums, we spoke about it just recently, 
the technical guitar work in that band is also, you know, above average too. So like it, it, it doesn't surprise me their fans kind of gravitate towards something that they can kind of respect as far as like your music too. So. Oh yeah. It, it is kind of like not similar in sound. You're talking at all. about Dance Game and Dance? Yeah. Their, their yeah. guitar work is pretty impressive too. I, I, oh, I absolutely. I've, yeah. And then, um, I think us touring with them kind of like made it, like open the doors for a periphery to tour with them, and mm-hmm. now like who knows like what will happen next. I, I mean, when you look th- at it from from the muni- musicianship, excuse me, musicianship standpoint rather than genres, I mean mm-hmm. it all makes sense. Strawberry Girls, same deal there. These are all um, people that are super proficient at their instruments, and yeah. you know a lot of their fans appreciate that. So it seems like a natural that they appreciate Val of Maya. You yeah. know, with a name like Strawberry Girls, uh, you, you kind of probably have to ha- be really good musicians because it's not like a, a drawing in name. It doesn't draw me in. <laughs> yeah. See, I think the name's cool because it's so, it's just, you don't know what the heck you're expecting. You hear Strawberry yeah, that, that, Girls that, that, and it sounds like it. a female pop ensemble or something. So to hear, um, you know, their music, albeit it's not death metal or whatever, but it's, you know, it's, to me, it's just, it's a cool juxtaposition between name and style and music. Plus, they're good, so that makes yeah, I, I kind of think of it like a baby metal. That's kind of what, you know, that, like, that, I uh, love baby metal, man. The, the, <laughs> is it the Asian, the Asian metal band yeah. with all the girls? Yeah, that's kind of what I would, in my head, I see when I see, when I hear Strawberry Girls. Have you ever seen them live before? Baby metal? Yeah. No. Oh, sick, dude. <laughs> I see them on YouTube. I mean, I've seen them on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. You stuff, either but, love it or you yeah. hate it. They have like, it's one um, of the, you know, the, like that's a weird synchronized dance moves. Yeah. It's like more of like a dance performance. It's like J-pop, but for metal. Yeah. And that's always been weird to me, uh, that that side of the world is always kind of like they're doing a lot of it now. You can see, um, I mean, even recently we posted some bands, you know, like uh, on Lamb Goat that kind of fit that, dim- that demographic, uh, demographic, demographic. No, I don't sure. Know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They fit Feel that, you. they fit that. Peg, and they're all like you know, Asianish um, metal, but like some of it's like really fucking good too. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what the same thing they do with like the J-pop. You know, they just kind of like produce bands, and it's just kind of like a cool, weird thing. I, I'm assuming, you, you know, because a lot of people they're probably really good songwriters over there because you know Nintendo. They they wrote all the Nintendo music Honestly, on every keyboard. Every Japanese band we've ever played with or that I've ever seen has been like extremely like skilled for sure. They're yeah. all really good at what they do. Dragon Force with the Herman Lee. Is it Herman Lee? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good Lord. He was insane when I first, when I first saw Dragon Force or first found out about him. Yeah. That was like crazy stuff, you know? Oh yeah. But anyway, moving <laughs> on. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you guys about your, uh, you know, your lineup. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this, You've had the same lineup for almost five years, or roughly five years, and that's the first time in the band's existence that you've had a stable lineup for five years. Uh, oh wow, I never thought about that, <laughs> but yeah, I think so. <laughs> according to my my research assistant, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist. Um, Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia. So I, I well, if that didn't occur to you, then perhaps it's not something you think about. But I was just wondering if that you know that sort of lineup stability has uh, been comforting. Um, after a few years of upheaval. And I'm, I don't play in a band, so I, I don't really know, you know, what that dynamic's like. But I just, you know, looking on Wikipedia, frankly, I just noticed that, hey, they've had the same lineup for five years, and that it hadn't been like that before. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah, I just wanted you to comment on that. You know, um, does it feel rock solid or, or you know... <laughs> 
we have another member quitting next week or something. <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna be on lamb goat, uh, uh, lamb goat again. Yeah, that's the. I mean, honestly, you never like. It's hard to tell when stuff like that's gonna happen. You never, you never really see it coming. You're not planning for it. No, I'm no, I'm well, yeah. You don't want to plan. For you don't it. want to. Yeah, exactly. But um, well, you're the boss of the band, right? <sighs> I won't tell anyone what you say. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the boss, but like I like write the music, I guess you know. Right. He's the founder. You're the, well, the founder. Co-founder. Co- primary yeah. songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Most well-known. But guy, I, it's not so. like I call the shots or anything. Like, <laughs> just, everyone no, I'm needs not to have their say. That you're some sort of dictator. But <laughs> yeah. It, you're you're the de facto leader. We'll say that. Okay. Um. Which reminds me, your first singer is in Skeleton Witch now, right? Yeah, yeah. The one what do you think of our first that? album. That's great. That's awesome. Cool. I mean, that's probably, that's probably why he didn't, like, you know, he probably didn't want to be in a metalcore band. He probably, like, you know, just like. Yeah. He Which, was always listening to, like, like black metal when, when we would be jamming. <laughs> okay, well, that, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the whole Brandon thing, you know, cause that mm-hmm. was, I guess some of your fans, that that was a a sore point for them when it happened. um, Yeah. Because they obviously liked the the non-clean singing uh, Vale of Maya or whatever. But I was never clear on what happened there. Um, I guess it was was chalked up as creative differences. I was just curious, (laughs) was... Was it that you guys wanted to pursue more melodic vocals and he didn't? Um, You know, could you, could you... Um, Explain the creative differences. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were just gonna have some someone like do a guest guest spot and, and sing on certain parts or whatever. That was like the idea. But um, I don't know. I, I think he just got like I don't really know what happened. I was asleep during the the night that he quit. But I think I think he just got <laughs> mad and then quit. Like some I, mad I, about something. If I read properly on the internet, which is never false. Uh, <laughs> It was a drunken argument. It might be a different yeah. argument. It was a drunken argument about the bus being dirty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, no, that's yeah, pretty I didn't sure see that. that's what people told me. Then like there's just we were sharing a bus with Darkest Hour too, and like so there's just like in front of people, and there is I, I don't know I don't know what happened like, yeah. but other people sleeping. were there and chiming in, and a lot of really crazy things happened that day actually. Oh man, a lot of crazy things happened that like um, it was like. Forget where we were, but uh, there was a we were on the Mayhem Festival, and there was like parties every week or whatever, and there was like a big party that night. But the the like cops, bands only, yeah, or like whoever Who the guests the were, floor, yeah. and then um, someone was peeing on a fence or something, and a cop saw it, or someone like the cops got called, and the cops just started beating people up, like broke <laughs> broke one of my friend's legs. And then um, one of the cops grabbed Phil, who was a drummer of uh, Revocation at the time, and broke his arm. Wow. Yeah. And he was drum, he was drum teching for Cannibal Course, but yeah, they broke. Oh, yeah. I remember that. He, um, there was a lawsuit, wasn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were videos of it. Sometimes. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. To, to get it. a broken leg in a cop fight, I, that's got to be like one of the hardest things to do, right? Because to break a leg is pretty hard, but I don't know how you're going to break a leg in a fight. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't. I didn't see that. Part. I saw the cop. I saw the video of the cop throwing Phil and breaking his arm, but I didn't see the mm. the leg breaking incident. And his bone came out. Is that what you were kind of mimicking? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you could hear the oh. bone breaking in the video. 
But yeah, it was during that same night. I just like had a weird vibe. I was like something bad's gonna happen. I'm just gonna go to bed now so yeah. I don't get in any trouble. And then just gonna avoid everything. Yeah, and then yeah, and then we like I think we woke up at Burger King the next day Where's and Brenda? like yeah, Burger King. <laughs> yeah, and oh. then like Mike Mike from Darkest Hour is like, yeah, I think he quit your band last night. <laughs> like, what? What do you think? What, what do you think? What's? <laughs> it was like so casual. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh really? That's that's pretty funny. Yeah, but then I guess sucky but funny, you know. Yeah. So, and then and that I guess began a was a pretty seemed like it was a pretty lengthy search for a replacement as these things go. Obviously, you didn't have someone lined up because it was unexpected. Um, yeah. But as I had mentioned before, I guess that sort of heralded the the entrance of melodic vo- or clean singing for you guys. And you know, as yeah. I look around at some of the comments as things were happening and. You know, it seemed to be a mixed bag. A lot of people appreciate the versatility and that that in, that new element of Velamaya sound. While predictably, the other half is just like, "This sucks." They ruined the band. Um, yeah, I, I read a few that were like, "I liked Velamaya specifically because they still don't have clean vocals, and now they just threw it all away." Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, um, not unlike the tour question I, I asked <laughs> earlier, you know, how how. Is that a discussion uh, that it's like a five week discussion? I mean, how does that whole thing happen where you say, hey, let's because it, it had to be an elephant in the room of sorts. You guys couldn't have just said, hey, we're oh, going to yeah. clean singing and, and made that decision lightly because you knew it would impact your fan base in, in some For dramatic sure. way. Uh huh. So I'm just it curious, terrifying the, the deliberations the that go into that sort of thing. <laughs> Take us through that. Um, at first it was, it was really scary. I mean, well, the, the thing was we were, we were planning on having an album finished before we went on Mayhem. So I already had like, like over half of the music written and recorded. And then we ended up not finishing it with who we were working with. So I went to a different studio as soon as the Mayhem tour ended. Like I didn't even go home afterwards. And then, um, yeah, so I was, I was in the studio the entire time, so the producer was like kind of like a big part of, uh, the discussion and everything, and it was just like, like obvious to him that we had to have someone that could sing, or like we were just wasting our band if we, if we didn't, and I mean, or cause based off the songs that he had heard, cause I don't think he was a fan of us previously. Was this but, Taylor Larson yeah, or? It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so he was a big part in, in choosing the vocalist, and then, Honestly, like, it was, it was really, really scary, cause, you know, like, in my head, I'm like, man, I could have just done all this work for nothing. It's all, like, over right now. Yeah. And then, but then, uh, yeah, the, the first music video that we put out is, like, by far our biggest song. Like, maybe, like, ten times as big as any of our songs that we released before that. And, like, aside from the internet or whatever, like, our <laughs> band got way bigger, like, after that, so. Did Dick Sumerian weigh in on that that whole decision at all? Um, they were, I think they were pretty scared as well. But you know, like they're also we were like one of their earliest bands, so they kind of like, you know, they trusted us and wanted to let you know wanted to let us do what we wanted to do. And in the end, it all worked out like pretty pretty well, aside from some people that like. Well, it's always the bring back Brandon or the discontented (laughs) that are the loudest. So yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, well, I mean, it, you guys definitely get some streams on Spotify and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, and, for the songs with the singing in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the top one on there happens to be one of the ones from the newer album. Yeah. So yeah. 
Like if you, yeah, you could. I guess they could prove how much they like the old stuff by listening to it more. But yeah, it's hey, just, go ahead. They just like talking shit. They don't actually listen to it or buy it or anything. <laughs> you don't have to buy it anymore. Just listen to it. Yeah, yeah just exactly. reminisce. <laughs> just constantly reminisce. But yeah, like I was there when we played the old songs, and I'm here now, so I can tell you exactly <laughs> like how good we were then and how good we are now. Like you know. how good? How good are? Do you guys? Are things are better now than they were back creatively then? Creatively, or just as a group, or? Oh, I mean, creatively, it's it's the same i guess it's it's harder because the more albums in in a technical band the more times you have to try and outdo yourself or whatever yeah. is that a problem um well not a problem but it's like a obviously it's something that just looms in the back of your head all the time it's just hard to be like older and have the same inspiration that i had when i was like 19 or whatever I yes guess. i think because so this is something i real i was thinking about earlier this week too bands that like you've been around for a number of years over 10 years now at this particular point mm-hmm what are you inspired by when you were younger? I think you, all those bands broke ins- up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're easily inspired, I think, when you're younger. And when you're yeah. older, it takes a little more to inspire you no. as far as like finding something that's like, oh shoot, that's the, sparks your creativity. It's really hard, man, to find stuff nowadays. I feel like, and then now like, I, it's, it's funny watching like, um, I guess like the Warp Tour scene kind of scramble for what to do because Warp Tour is not like a thing no, now. Two, and, three like, shows, two, three shows now. And yeah, and copying off of Bring Me the Horizon hasn't worked for anybody <laughs> except for Bring Me the Horizon. So like, <laughs> it's just funny watching everyone be like, what do we do? Like, we, yeah. <laughs> we actually don't know how to write music. So you, um, there's a, I got a couple songs, I got a couple of songs, not songs. I got a couple questions running in my head, but I want to keep up with the whole like creativity thing. Um, when you, when you were younger in the band, Sumerian kind of had these bands. Periphery was one of the bands I had noticed on YouTube, at least. Mm-hmm. They seemed to all live together, like uh, in the same house. Um, was that something that you guys did, too? Like, they kind of look like streamers, like like Twitch streamers or Twitch uh, gamers. They all live in the same house. I think they you're thinking of Born of Osiris. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all three of you guys are all the like, same band in my head, especially if I think yeah. about it back in the day. But, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, they they... I think, um, when they were like kids, cause they've been a band since they were like 16 or 17 or whatever. And like, I heard like back when they were really young, um, World of Warcraft almost broke up the band or something like that. Cause they were like only were doing that. <laughs> hey, World of Warcraft killed a lot of things. Relationships, yeah, right? uh, you know, jobs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to, so you were, you're correct. I guess they, they were kind of like that. They all had like cool computer setups and uh-huh. were still playing WoW or But you guys, you guys, live separately or whatever and um we tried we tried the the band house thing like a long, a long time ago it was it was fine it just uh i think uh girlfriends happened yeah, and then, that tends to happen sometimes yeah. that does does tend to happen yeah yeah that happens to pretty much every band house i think <laughs> and then that's that's what's usually the move can you survive it can you not that's the question yeah um creatively though speaking back to that uh what, your inspirations were more prevalent uh, when you were younger. So, like, what was inspiring your early records? Um, back in the day, I was like a huge fan of like technical death metal. I liked like uh, obviously like Suffocation a lot. I liked Cryptopsy. I liked uh, Gore Guts and uh, Meshuga, and and I liked a lot of '70s progressive rock, like Yes and King Crimson and. Like the Mahavishnu Orchestra, I guess. And then oh, I, I also liked. Band. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah Intermounting Flame, albums. that's my album. Yep, same. Exactly. And then, um, and then I also, I guess like 
um, someone showed me a video of a band called Seven Angels, Seven Plagues. Yeah, yeah, that's and like before, was, <laughs> uh, it's, um, they Misery's, turned into like Misery Singles. Misery Singles, yeah. And then I saw, yeah, I saw like moshing and like, I thought that their breakdowns were better than <laughs> the, the, the other bands that I had been exposed to at the time. And so I kind of like mixed, mixed all those influences and tried to make like a Milwaukee metalcore band, I guess. <laughs> mm. What's changed along the way from then to now? Like, what inspires you now as far as, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be music. You know, I mean, obviously that's what people are going to gravitate towards most, but, I mean, like, do other things outside of music also inspire, inspire you and come across from them? Yeah, I kind of, yeah, like, music doesn't really, really do it for me that much right <laughs> nowadays. I, like, I have to, like, I don't know, obviously, like, watch you know, TV shows or like read or whatever. <laughs> Doesn't do it so, for you. Haven't you heard the new Ariana album, man? I mean, it's fire. yes, actually. No, <laughs> it's so fire. I'm, it's, yeah, I won't yeah. comment. I don't want to piss off the two Ariana fans that are listening, but it's all right. I, it I don't have a problem is. with it. I don't have a problem with Ariana. I just, uh, yeah, it's not like making me like write riffs though. That's, Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't write anything anyway, so. Yeah. Ariana Grande, or is there another band that I don't know about called Ariana? Yeah, well, it's a metalcore band called Ariana. No, I'm talking about the Ariana Grande. Asking Ariana. There you go. Uh, thank you, next. Um, that clever. Yeah, you like that? That was a nice segue. Uh, so you write most of the stuff. Uh-huh. Is it all of it, or do you... Musically, yeah. And you you uh, you noticed I have Ableton on my computer, so you use Ableton. Uh-huh. Do you plug in directly with your guitar or, or anything like that or do you, you just write it like via keyboard or um i like piano roll i like to that that actually was very helpful for writing music for me is love writing with piano roll because i'm not like limited to what i can do like mm-hmm. with my fingers and i don't just do the same like three or four things that i've been doing since i was a little kid and like writing more with my brain instead of like falling in love with a riff that i learned how to play and right. then getting mad when people don't like it you know what i mean <laughs> So, uh, I find Ableton really helpful for writing. I like the workflow of it a lot. Yeah. So, is that something that you you do as well using the piano roll uh, to kind of like push yourself to see like what you're capable of? Or totally. And it, does it ever like backfire and like you can't ever play the riff or play the solo or play whatever? Um. Well, no. I'll like tra- I'll change it to <laughs> to something that I can play if I can't if I can't play it. But it is like good to challenge myself to like learn things that aren't like typical guitar player things because that's like that i can create my own sound and not just be like a mixture of you know two different dudes or Mm -hmm. whatever you know so do you have other people like give you input as well when you're writing or is it just like strictly mostly in your head i prefer yeah well I i would prefer to be working with like at least one other person for sure hell yeah that picked up on the microphone uh, some, we're in the middle of the Daytona 500 and, you know, it's just pits or something. No, there's a truck that rolled by the damn right. warehouse. I got scared for a second. Yeah, not only you, we thought we were going to get hit. Um, so anyway, back to what we were talking about. The writing so, process. um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just curious, not, not from a musical standpoint, but back to Sumerian. Um, you know, how involved are they, uh, from a production standpoint? Do they ever, um, and when I say they, I, you know, I don't know if it's Ash or, or what, but, um, 
you know, mm-hmm. do they listen to demos and give suggestions and say, nah, I like this, don't do that, or are they just completely, you know, they're writing checks, but otherwise they're absent? No, they, 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 like, enjoy being hands on, like, they, they really like it when I send them demos so they can, like, you know, listen and critique or whatever, and they'll, they'll be, uh, I mean, of course they'll give, like, suggestions, but there's no, like, like at the end of the day, we're like, if, if we don't like something that they suggest, we'll be like, no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna do it this way. You know, they they just like that that we were down to work with them. And I say like, I mean, Ash, on our on our last album, um, we kind of just did it on our own. But the the one before that, Ash uh, was kind of involved with vocals. Or yeah, Ash used to be like vocals were more his thing, not not so much the music. Right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Speaking. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Dave. Speaking of uh, writing and recording and all this out of the other, there's got to be a new album on the on the way, correct? Uh, I've been demoing, yeah. I okay. mean, I, I I wish I was a little bit further along, but yeah, that's that's where finding the inspiration's been kind of Tough. difficult. Yeah. Do you guys write on the road, or is it something that you only do when you're at home? Um, it's a lot harder, honestly. Like it's it's like trying to play video games on the road, like. Like, that's I always, a, like, think hard. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Like, I always, like, I'll bring, like, all this stuff with me, and then, like, it's like I can't concentrate on, like, a role-playing game right now. There's, like, a party going on in our rig, you know? Yeah, that probably becomes an issue. Yeah. So you Make think the, there'll be a... Uh, the, the next album will probably be, like, a 2020 type deal, sounds like, based 2020? on your, your progress. Yeah, the, the year, year 2020. 2020. Not oh. 2019. Sorry. Well, hopefully we can, like, drop some songs before then. That'd be the goal. Okay. Barbara Walters would like that though. Twenty twenty metal. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys haven't um you haven't been in the studio or anything. No, no. I've been actually building a studio in my home to like, oh, cool. like make it pro- as pro as possible. But uh, that's an interesting thing I was thinking like how much longer do you guys think that albums are gonna really be a thing for? Like I was gonna cu- I was curious about that too, because I mean we spoke earlier, I also have I dabbled in a different genre that's completely not related to like albums you yeah know, and more singles and hip-hop also has a lot of singles out too that was something I thought about like when will the rock and roll album or metal album or everything cease to exist for the most part and just like singles will just start shooting off all the time you know I mean as soon as someone just says it's okay to do that I think because yeah. like I, I feel like it would make sense I don't even yeah like for maybe labels to sign bands for like we'll do like six singles and then like they all get music videos it's pretty much like the a band set is just like the songs with the music videos anyways right yeah so yeah, i think a lot of it seems to me that it, it's like you said it's just that's the way things have been done so you're just expected to put out an album that has you know 10 songs roughly 40 to 60 minutes of music but and with with a few exceptions concept records you know if someone's doing dark side of the moon obviously that makes sense uh but other than that you know it just it's like a bad habit um not necessarily a bad habit but um at this day and age it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because you just you have that ability to release something digitally obviously before you know 1970 or 1950 or 1980 you're going to put out a single and you know it's very costly to produce cassettes or um you know seven inch vinyl Etc. Mm-hmm. But now, without that, without those impediments, just seems like a no-brainer. And especially um, the way that album sales are going, uh, oh, specifically for, for metal bands. <laughs> in fact, I just 
you know, just this morning posted something about the Whitechapel, Whitechapel. album having their uh, worst um, Billboard 200 debut. Um, well, yeah, well, but actually, not 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 de- um, Billboard debut, but worst sales debut since their first album in 2007, and you know. The, the discussion then becomes, well, is that because the new White Chapel album's crap, or is it just a reflection of the industry? And uh, definitely the second I, one for sure. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not even suggesting it's the first. I'm even, one. I haven't heard the album yet, but it's definitely the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, I think one um, because we ran into this thing with Suicide Silence before when their album um, sold a third of its predecessor. Now that, unlike White Chapel, that album was um, seemed to be. Again, I'm just basing this upon the echo chamber, but roundly, yeah. roundly criticized by their, their fan base. Um, so I think a good mm-hmm. portion of the lackluster album sales were people genuinely being unhappy with the album. I don't get that impression with Whitechapel. Um, it seems to me what's happening um, is that people are streaming albums. They're not buying them anymore. And unlike yeah. the Ariana fan who's streaming Thank You Next or whatever song, Seven Rings, um, you know, 8,000 times a month, metal fans just aren't like that. They're not going to sit there and stream Whitechapel a million times. And what goes into these album sales, while they do, um, they factor in streaming, but you have to have some ungodly number of streams that accounts for one album sale. Yep, so, exactly. So um, people aren't buying the CDs, they're streaming them. And, and while that works out for, um, you know, Billie Eilish or Ariana or whoever, it clearly doesn't work out, again, with a few exceptions for bands like Whitechapel, and all of a sudden they're only selling four or 5,000 albums, and now they're, you know, debuting at 150, 170, or not even cracking the Billboard 200. Um, so, just to, to circle back to the previous discussion, certainly from a sales standpoint, it doesn't seem like it makes sense um, to release albums. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, how old were you when you, like, were really into buying CDs, you know? Like, probably, like, 14 or something like that? Uh, like you... Well, I bought CDs up until starting Lamb Goat, and then they were just all sent to me, and I stopped <laughs> buying CDs. But, ah, um, plus. but it was definitely a teenage um, endeavor for the most part. There's a few I mean, CDs I might... I'll buy that I really want, but, you know, for the most part, yeah. I'll buy a CD. I'll stream I'll buy, everything. I'll buy a CD. But if you, I'm an if Apple you Music subscriber, a, so if you ask a teenager, like they don't know about buying, CDs. they don't have CD players. Right? They've they never don't. owned a CD player in their life. They've never bought a CD in their life. Well, and now, be also, why vinyl is getting bigger too? Because that's yeah, vinyl's know. the the one thing that's been going for forever, yeah. and like that's cool for sure. Well, something I realized too recently, and I mean, I've brought it up in previous podcasts. Uh, I like CDs currently now, yeah, because it sounds better than streaming. And Does that's, it? That's kind of like a weird, like, oh, but vinyl sounds better than CD. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like one of those. I never bought yeah. that whole audiophile vinyl sounds better than CD thing. It's different. It's slightly different. It sounds different, but sounding better, you know, not really. Not not for me. Perhaps if I'm listening to, um, you know, the Rolling Stones or, I don't know, something like from the 60s or 70s, that, that vinyl sound you know, works out well. But if I'm going to listen to metalcore, um, while it is different, I, I just the whole this is better and the only way to listen to it thing doesn't really jive with me. Yeah, I just but kids just like 
the only CD player they've ever seen is like their Xbox or whatever. Their moms or dads see. Yeah, and and <laughs> like, how are we? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense how the industry is like so focused on album sales still. Like, yeah, singles would be like a way better situation. Just yeah, there, if there is no album, then you can't judge a band yeah. on how big, and how many like, sales are. You guys could just crank out because like you guys write and record. Do you record your own stuff too? Or do you um, go to a studio to record it? We usually go to a studio. I would just record the demo. But, but you're creating a studio in your house to mm-hmm. plan on recording there? Yeah, well, then I could, like, send the guitar files off to have someone else Master mi- it. mix it or okay. whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, even if you were doing that, you could feasibly do a single e- each month. Yeah, you know what I mean? totally. And, and that <laughs> you could do a single even, on the tour, dude. Yeah, that <laughs> might be even better for your, I don't want to say, like, your... Revenue stream, but I mean that could even be better for your be fan base, better for be better promotion, for everything. Yeah, because yeah. you're constantly releasing something, mm-hmm. and that's weird too. I mean, like, I guess again, the electronic and hip hop pop world—that's what they have been doing recently for the last couple of years. And I never really noticed it up until I read that I read his article this morning about the Whitechapel thing. Oh, okay, and I started thinking to myself, why wouldn't they do that, or why don't they do that? You know what I mean? But it, I guess it is stuck in the old days of like it's, albums. It's just like a, well, it's like yeah. I guess it's like up to the labels to kind of make. Well, then what's like, the point of a label? Who's who's gonna just well, to give you money to make the music video yeah. and record and stuff? But well, but a lot of that stuff is che- cheaper than it used to be too. Yeah. If you, if you have like, if you know some people that oh, are into that, those industries, you know. I mean, you know, audio like, production is way cheaper. Oh I mean, yeah, you can still well, go to a top-notch studio and hire an expensive producer if you want, but um, but there's you know, tutorials the, the on YouTube. Music <laughs> listener is not going to know this: the difference between a, a Neumann microphone versus an SM58 or um, you know an eighty thousand dollar two-track, two-inch track, twenty-four track tape, and you know Pro Tools or even GarageBand. I read some article in Rolling Stone two weeks ago that was. I'm um, just mentioning how some of the garage band demo tracks actually end up in the the final produced product. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's probably garage band on the radio. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Especially maybe not in the metal world, but in the other genres there's definitely For garage sure. band going on. Yeah. I love garage band. Weird. It's uh it's good. It's your it's a good I should say it's a good introductory uh digital audio workspace. Yeah, you can load plugins on it, so it's right? Yeah. yeah it's it's that's all you need. It's <laughs> way better than what it was when I was in the band, that's for sure. Mm. It's a lot more intuitive now. Well even the the virtual instruments are pretty damn um good. <laughs> I'll say. Not all of them, some better than others, but um I in that article they mentioned, you know, the dedication and diligence with which they record these instruments. Um you know, hundreds of hours spent recording guitars with different strings and pushing the string on the fret a different way and incorporating all of that into um, the product, which they don't make any money from. Obviously, they have the money to do that, but they have a dedicated garage band team that, that you know, like 10 people, that, that's all they do all day is improve garage band, which is awesome because it's, again, a free product. Well, they also, um, I mean, a lot of people fall in love with getting samples, too. And so a lot of people sell sample packs mm-hmm. and they, I mean, that, that's for any genre of music. I mean, so it wouldn't surprise me that they have people doing like, you know, guitar noises every which way and however way they could possibly try it. So. Yeah. <clears throat> well, clearly revenue is not, not a concern for Apple because they have <laughs> so much damn money. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in the world. In any case, circling back, um, you know, to the label album thing. 
uh, obviously you guys, I guess he produced one of your albums, Misha from Periphery. And mm-hmm. as you well know, um, they're no longer with Sumerian. They went out on their own and, and, um, just released, uh, their, you know, an album independently. Uh, right. How, how, how closely have, did you watch that whole, um, situation transpire and has it, has it given you pause when it comes to continuing with a record label? Um, is that something you guys have pondered? I just want to get your whole take on that situation since you're so close to both Sumerian and Periphery and, and, and that dynamic. Um, well, it was interesting because like both, both sides were doing like interviews around the same time and like giving, you know, so I could hear, I could see it from both, both sides. But, um, Periphery's kind of like always been like that. They had a, I've, like, they had a different kind of deal than, like any other band on Sumerian. They were also, they were on like five record labels, I think. Not, not just Sumerian. Oh, like, wow. and, um, yeah, so I mean, they've, they've always kind of like had their own sense of business and like they've always done things their own way. So that it's not like a, a huge surprise to me that they wanted to self-release their next album. But that's not something you guys are actively pursuing. Oh no, I'm just writing, I'm just writing music right now. I'm not trying to. You don't want to deal with that. <laughs> no, I don't want to deal with the, anything the right now. Business crap. Yeah, no, I, I hate, I hate business, honestly. It's more of a headache than anything. Yeah, well, it's, it is, it is. And people get like stressed and butthurt and like the, I'm, just, I, I just like performing music and, and, and art and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I, I wish that money wasn't like as big of an issue as it is. Now you guys, I think that how, goes for anything in the world, not just music. What's up? Oh, sorry. How many uh, albums do you have left on your uh, Sumerian contract? Uh, this this next one would be the the last one for a contract. But but, and I'm sure you probably wouldn't say anyway. But there, there's no. You're you're perfectly happy with that relationship. Well, yeah, they wanted. I mean, we had like a, a very brief meeting with them like a few weeks ago, and then. They like you know, kind of wanted to bring that up, and then I was like, guys, let's just uh, let's focus on this album for now, and like I, I kind of just want to pay attention to one thing at a time. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, that's and this is I'm your, uh, I assume, based upon your touring um, frequency. This Veilmai is your full time job and has been for yeah for as long as you've I don't know been a since. Yeah, pretty much since we started touring. Since forever. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Now, do you feel, uh, you know, this, this surfaces every so often. Um, it surfaced, I guess, about two years ago with Thy Art is Murder and their vocalist saying, yeah, you know, this is my full-time job and my life sucks from a financial standpoint. You know, I make mm-hmm. no money. I'm living, I'm slumming it to be in this band. Um, you know, is there any... Does that resonate with you at all, or is that just that that not your situation at all? Um, it, it. I mean, there's there's definitely been some years that weren't that cool, but uh, I mean, when that kind of thing happens, you just kind of figure it out. I'd still like. There's no way after living this lifestyle for so long that I could just go and do like a an office job or something like that. It would destroy me mentally. I would just I don't know. Yeah, you gotta find yeah. a way to like work in the industry or something. Yeah, like I would probably like try and go to production or I don't know, like work for some something in the music industry for sure. Do you do um do you do any of your mixing and mastering at all or is it something you just hand over to somebody else to do? 
I prefer not to. I, I'm more into uh, producing and like uh, the writing. Aspect. Writing, yeah, because yeah. that's something that you could get just you could constantly be te- te- messing with something. You know what I mean? It yeah. Just, especially if it's your own shit, you just get so t- it's so tedious. I, fi- the, I find uh, it annoying to write like that. <laughs> I like, feel you as well. Back to the career career thing. So you know, as you can, as, well, we're all aging, but obviously. Uh, as you continue to age, is that is that something that that you think about more often? Sort of, you know, an, an exit strategy, or the, I mean, I I don't think most metal bands or uh, members are contributing to four hundred one ks or anything like that. Not that you're, yeah. you know, approaching retirement age, but once in a while that has to occur to you. Like, hey, what you know, when I'm sixty years old, <laughs> what's the deal? I'm obviously not going to be trotting around the country playing. Um, you know, extreme metal. Um, is that is that something that, that you think about? You know, increasingly often these days as you get older. Of course, yeah. I mean, to like kind of like that's why like so many people have like clothing companies and all that. But yeah, like that's you know partially the reason why I wanted to to build a recording studio so I can like maybe start start there and then I don't know create more content. Maybe have more projects or whatever. I was but hoping yeah, you were going to say, "Oh, uh, you're actually wrong." I've contributed half a million to a four hundred one k. Well, I I don't want to talk about, uh, I guess the secret monies, <laughs> <laughs> the other avenue, the other revenue streams. Yeah, yeah, but but I do have yeah I have like I have I have money set aside for. Are you a Twitch streamer? No, no, not yet. Is that something that you would like to do? Um, you have a Super Nintendo shirt on, so I yeah. Have to I mean, you obviously play video games. We talked about it earlier. It's I don't know, like it's it's weird because like when I'm not on tour, like my personality is a little different. Like I'm more like uh, recluse, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of when I'm like by myself, I don't feel like it's gonna be cool to watch me play video games. I, like it's hard to think like that. That's I think people like to watch people play video games. Yeah, they do. You know, for I mean? sure. So I think. Um, I just don't have the confidence when I'm like at home from like if I was on tour I'd be like oh yeah let's go like party let's let's do it but then like it's something to do you yeah know what I mean but if you're at home it's more like a, a job or chore or yeah or it's just like man nobody thinks I'm cool like I'm just like some dude in some metal band whatever you know you can as long as you speed run oh yeah you can speed I, run something like I'm not that good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either I've tried streaming uh, video games a couple times but. You know, you go about three views, three people watching at a time or something. But yeah, people make money off of Twitch. Oh, 100%. Sure. A the, lot of money. The video game industry in general is crazy right yeah. now. I mean, like League of Legends, uh, Dota, yeah. uh, Counter-Strike, all those kind of like world championships. The purse prize is insane. Yo, there's that. And then like, like Matt Heafy is, uh, from Trivium. He, mm-hmm. he like will like, Twitch, he'll stream him, himself warming up on guitar or oh, like yeah. doing vocal warm well, or they, something. Twitch is also, um, Expanded their what they cover to music, yeah. uh, creative, and now I even saw that they have a, a just chatting. Yeah, which is like, just like I'm a hot girl, so oh, watch yeah, yeah. me. Do I nothing. work out. At yeah. the gym. watch me work out at the gym. Yeah, I wonder if Matt's you know making some significant money. Absolutely, the whole Twitch thing. You know, he did oh, his, I, he did I, all those covers sure. too, right? Yeah, I I I mean I don't I haven't asked him, but I'm sure he's making money off of it. Or else why would he why would he do it? Yeah. YouTube and Twitch, I think, are and again, this is probably for bands 
going forward. You don't too. think he wants to record Britney Spears covers just for fun? I yeah. Why I mean, not? Actually, I'm sure he does, but like he he has a he he does it a lot. I'm pretty sure. So like I think it's because it's been growing and making yeah. him money. So yeah, but the covers the covers and the YouTube and and the Twitch I think is something that a lot of bands will pick up more so because again it's just separate income. Yeah. For, hey, for Newfound Glory's doing a. Uh, a covers album now. <laughs> not the Are they doing a tour? Not the Didn't same they do a thing, tour? but a probably yeah, I think the they cover are. Album I just, tour? I saw they just released a Eye of the Tiger cover. I th- but uh, I think the whole album is all, you know, their take on covers. Which that's which the is second fine. One done. Although one might claim that, you know, cover songs are the uh the refuge of the creatively spent or bankrupt. Not not saying anything about newfound glory in, in particular. No, we're just we're just talking about Weezer. Oh, Weezer. Well, yeah, same deal there. Um, you know, a lot of people would say their their best songwriting days are behind them, and and their cover albums covers albums sold better than you know the Black album they just put out. Um, so yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> wow. Well, everyone wanted that uh, that Toto cover, man. Oh god. <laughs> I haven't heard it. They covered Toto. Yeah, I think a lot of that. I don't know exactly. I haven't heard the entire album, but mm. I think they cover the songs like as they are. Oh, okay. Their spin on them, so to speak. Like he's talking about Newfound Glory, but what do you yeah, guys think well, of cover I, albums? To be fair, I haven't really heard any of the Newfound Glory covers, so I'm not sure what they're doing. But Weezer, um, you know, the covers I heard were were very faithful to the original for originals, for better or for worse. But yeah, they covered um, Africa by Toto, which is a great song. Um, yeah. It's just need to be I've heard it so many damn times now that I, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah, it's like a meme now. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I don't have a problem with cover songs. I don't have a problem with cover albums either. Um, and <clears throat> between the Berg and me did a cover album too. Oh was, yeah, that was cool. I remember that. But one. that was also like just like the song supposed to be played. Yeah, they did right. uh, they, three of they a perfect chose pair. Some challenging like, uh, works. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, they didn't do Toto from Africa by. Toto, you know, but they did King Crimson and like Queen, Queen Kickstart Your yeah. Heart, Pink Floyd, yeah. uh, Black End, and stuff. Yeah, it's tight. <laughs> I liked that one. Yeah, that was, that was cool. a good one. That was a good cover album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, when you can tell when a band, you know, really goes all out and and does due diligence, and and when a band doesn't, and it, they went all out for that, and I think even if. Even if you don't like the originals or some of the originals, um, you know you can respect the effort they put into that, as opposed to some other bands that just drop, sure. you know, mindless covers because they can't write any songs. Yeah, it didn't seem like a, a money grab thing necessarily. It seemed like they like between the bear and me. Yeah, yeah. like it seemed like they put work. Although in I guess the cynic might, and I can't recall the situation, but the cynic might say they they. You know, just wanted to fulfill another album on their Victory Records contract. I don't know. <laughs> I think that might have been something that they were doing too, because I think they wanted off of that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's but that. they, they I did, thought you were going to talk about the band Cynic for a second. It's like they have a cover album. Oh yeah, let's talk Cynic. Tight. <laughs> 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 Maybe we should cover Veil of Maya by Cynic, and then that'd be the, the only cover <laughs> we should do. Is that where the name's from for the band? Um, well, that's like one of the first times we had heard it, but we actually like looked up the meaning and it wasn't my idea, but we looked, you know, we liked what it meant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you, you basically are the, uh, I don't want to say the boss of the band, but, uh, do you guys treat your band like a business? Um, one of our members is take, is like the business guy. And but I mean, I'm, like as the band itself collectively, like, you know. Yeah, we have an LLC. LLC yeah. Uh huh. Cool. 
that's something that a lot of younger bands probably need to hear a lot more about of like how that works out. And oh yeah, because um, it's big in the news right now with Corey Taylor and his boys, you know, Slipknot having some issues with uh, their, their saw that. Teams. Yeah, but um, so how does that work with you guys? I mean, obviously you make you write most of the stuff, but yeah. you said earlier you don't call all the shots per se. Is it kind of like a um, you know a group? decision yeah i want everyone to feel like they're in the band so it's like it's not like like it's my band and you guys like work for me it's definitely not like that but even though like songwriting credits um no i split it i split it i try and split it that's awesome yeah you're you're a better man than i (laughs) well it's i mean i mean what what if i'm like a complete dickhead and i'm a hard dude to deal with so like at least like make sure everyone's making the same compensate them for your bad attitude exactly <laughs> yeah it's weird it's weird to know to find out how like the inner workings behind the bands are going now because like we had franz on from attila and you know they gave his they gave some of his dudes in the band severance packages you know and i think so i think we, cool. we do that or yeah like our manager does that for our bands when oh, okay, they, cool. they like to or to make to make it like like so they don't go public on the internet just just <laughs> hating like she's like, yo, we'll hook you up still, just like you know, Hush chill. Money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Keep it chill. But it's the severance package, right. essentially. <laughs> That's still good. I mean, yeah. do you guys? Uh, he was saying there's no investments into 401k, but is that something that you guys? I mean, that might be smart. I'm not saying just for you in general, but now thinking about it, just that might be smart for bands to have like some kind of investments. Uh, seeing as they do treat it more like a business these days, and you know. I think every band was probably trying to get in on Bitcoin right when, like, when it was popping off and then just blew it real hard. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Well, it's so iffy and, you know what I mean? You gotta be, you gotta really pay attention to that kind of stuff to not lose money for the most part. Yeah. But uh, has I it mean, been your experience? Yeah. Um, now Franz mentioned something about, uh, I think it was he, unless I, I'm remembering incorrectly uh somebody some someone notable in our little scene mentioned that you know the apple music pays a lot better than spotify has that been your experience as well um i i don't i don't or know maybe you just that's, have no uh, clue. yeah that's uh, that would be that would be like our la- label i thought probably was franz but franz has a label so he like yeah. would see like those kind of numbers i think i mean i think i could probably ask and find out but i'm I know we get we get royalty. We've been getting royalty checks get, every been, quarter. We get a check. Yeah, yeah it's been great. <laughs> so, but yeah, I guess from what I've heard, Apple Music has always kind of paid more. What are some other revenue streams that younger bands or bands in general that have been around for a while don't know about that they could capitalize on that you guys may know about? Do you guys have any kind of not like behind the scenes secret dealings, okay. but like you know, yeah, sure. you guys sell coke on the road. <laughs> That would be so smart. Not a, <laughs> um, uh, like secrets. A lot of bands give like lessons and stuff. I hate. I hate doing that. It's not right. for me. Um, you wouldn't want to do like a YouTube tutorial channel. No, no, I would not. <laughs> I see the dude from Mastodon get, has been giving lessons incessantly for like the last two years. Bill. Yeah, yeah. Which would be pretty cool to get a lesson with him. Yeah, I, I think it goes both ways. Yeah, it, it'd it's be cool. cool. And it gets, it gets well, good money. It's cool for him. Yeah, he gets he gets money. <laughs> but for me personally, I'm just not. I'm just not that guy. Not I don't, not. No. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> can can be that person. Yeah, I don't like giving away like 
So like, how did you write this song? Like, you're having a conversation with me. I can tell you, but like, I'm not gonna like just put it on YouTube and be like, uh, here you oh go, yeah, dude. yeah, like, yeah. Give all the, no one's saying give the secrets away. Yeah. Well, right, I guess that's the question: Is someone coming to you to learn how to play guitar better, or they just want to know how to play the riff from song X, which would get really annoying? <laughs> that's that's all the lessons were. It was just me teaching them riffs from songs, and then you should probably preface it with like, I won't be teaching you any riffs I've written. Uh, well, I mean, then I don't really like. I just, I guess I don't know how educated I really am when it comes yeah. down to it. And yeah, like, a lot of people that are, uh, I don't want to say scared to do something, but a lot of people like with, I am like that with a bunch of other things too. Yeah. You know? And then someone later on the line is like, Oh, you're so good at such and such. And I'm like, I, I feel like I suck. Yeah. So I totally understand that. And there's people, there's some, some of the best guitarists I've ever seen have asked me for <laughs> lessons. I'm like, dude, like, do you what know if I, if you how good you are? <laughs> Ying so, Bay um, steam. Yeah. Well, there is this one dude, um, what's, uh, Disperse. Have you heard of the band Disperse? There's ja- Jacob, Jacob or whatever mm-hmm. from that band. That dude's amazing. And he, first time I met him, he was just like, I was just going to tell him like how sick I thought, I thought he was a guitar. And he's like, uh, can you give me a lesson? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, it's got to be kind of, you know, like, heartwarming me... for yourself though, to know that they think of you like that. Yeah. That's cool. But like, it's also extremely intimidating, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when it occurs to you that you're just, you're, you're a fraud. I can't teach anybody <laughs> anything. I'm good at do what I do, but I can't just, I don't know, like, what I, like, that dude can do anything, so. so yeah, th- and you- there's, there's some guitarists that are like that, you know, they're amazing in their, their little world and for what they do for their band, but, you know, you try and get them to play a bluegrass solo and it's like, pff, you know, they're exactly. vomiting all over the fretboard. I'm not saying that to you, I'm just, no, but when people are like, who's better guitar? This guy or this guy? And it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, well, they're both good at guitar, and this guy's good at this, and this guy's good at this, you know? Mm-hmm. It's two different things. You can't compare, yeah. like... It's apples to oranges. Yeah. No. How long have you been playing guitar personally? Oh, wow, like 20 years, probably? So, how, how old are you when you picked it up? Uh, I was 13. Did you start with lessons, or did you start messing around with No, yourself? I started from, like, learning tabs on the internet. And then I like started learning songs by ear after that, and that was like what like got me the most improvement was learning by ear. By ear, yeah. Because I'm I'm just starting to learn the guitar. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, I have an acoustic. You're a little guitar, late so to the game, man. I am. Yeah, you it's know? hard when you're older. Yeah, hundred percent. It's hard. That, yeah. yeah, I've always wanted to learn guitar. I've always wanted to learn guitar and piano. Yeah, but I've never learned either. So this year, I was just like, it'd be like trying to learn like Spanish right now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm also trying to learn French. So you know, it's oh, yeah, I am gotcha. trying to learn Spanish again. <laughs> this is like the tenth time I've started. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, what are some of the tips for like people that are just starting to learn guitar? As far as like. Because oh, you, you taught yourself for the most part, so. Man, nowadays though, there's YouTube, man. You can learn anything. I, anything. I'm camping out yeah. on YouTube. I didn't yeah, have so YouTube I when I started to play guitar. I'm jealous. Yeah. Right. I didn't, like, when, when I heard sweet picking, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> I didn't know what it looked like or whatever. And then, like, I saw someone doing it and, like, I used to have to, like, buy VHS tapes off of eBay of, like. <laughs> how to. Yeah, like, or just, like, how to, like, even like I, I remember like I held my guitar pick wrong when I first started, and I like saw a picture of like Cannibal Corpse, and they were holding their guitar pick differently, and like it's like oh I gotta learn like that, like mm-hmm. that picture I saw. That's so, crazy, yeah. yeah. I, I get, the internet definitely has helped out in more ways than not. But yeah, I bought um, I bought some book called like the Heavy Guitar Bible at 
Borders, which doesn't exist anymore. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> and and I tried to learn from that, and it just completely turned into a frustrating experience because, you know, it's one thing to see a video of someone playing, but r- reading about the pentatonic scale or whatever, and then yeah. trying to play that, it just it didn't work out. So I kids today don't realize how hard the older people had it. Seriously. And now kids are so good at guitar, it's crazy. At a younger age, too. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, it's still funny to me how someone could be so technically amazing, but not capable of writing any song whatsoever. That still kind of blows my mind. 100%. Yeah, but there's a lot of those people out there. I would, yeah, almost, like, probably most of them they can't, like, write cool music, but they're really good at guitar. But That's why there's a lot of cover bands and not that many original bands. Yeah, yeah. too. Well, that's why I write music on piano roll, like I was saying before. Cause it's, it's, so who it's are, like, Mark, who are some of the, you know, who are some of your peers that you, you, you that you look up to um, from a musicianship standpoint? Oh, well, I mean, all, all of them, I guess. <laughs> like every, 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 I want you to name with. names. Um, well, like, I could do it, like, chronologically. That, that probably makes sense, right? Like, well, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to cause you too much duress here i just didn't know if anybody came to mind specifically off the top of your head well i mean growing growing up um as soon as we met born of osiris they're like from they're from chicago too so we met them like before they got time we used to play shows together and like they all kind of came up together and uh uh cameron the drummer like wrote and played every instrument on their on their first album mm. and he was like 17 years old and wow. i was just like what is going on <laughs> how is he doing that and i found that like kind of like healthy competition like man like he can do all that like i gotta start i gotta set my game up i gotta like write everything and i don't know get better but then uh michael Keane from the faceless like he recorded that their first album then he recorded ours and then he was a big influence on me and then um like misha obviously and like tosin i guess just like everyone that i've spent a lot of time with like she's just been like it wears off on me when people practice guitar around me like makes me better right if you even if i'm not with, even playing uh, good people are you know exactly better players you're going to be a better player. no and that's true like even like every time i'd tour with jason richardson like i would get better at guitar just from being around him i would like want to practice more because he practice all day yeah, you push each other and stuff too yeah it's crazy um alex we're probably gonna have to wrap it up here in the next like 10 minutes there's a video shoot going on oh yeah, that's sure. what that is yeah there, there are people getting ready to do a video shoot in the other room so i just wanted to uh um what the heck was i gonna ask you oh you just brought him up uh michael Keane from the faceless i guess he produced two two of yeah, your I records did two of- right yes all right you still i mean a lot of people are pretty pretty much aware of the you know the whole faceless saga. Um, yeah. Uh, you talk to Michael anymore these days? Like, what's going on with that um, band? I saw him. I saw him at Nam recently. Uh, they're 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 uh, gonna go on tour and stuff soon. Uh, actually, the the our tech EJ is is their manager, so he he still talks to them every day. And it seems like everything's going well right now. It seems like I think he's got a new girlfriend and she's keeping him keeping him good. And yeah, well, that's cool. Things are looking up. For they them. usually go do that sometimes. Yeah, they're in that unfortunate. They're in that unfortunate position where you know any any post about them, a tour, show, whatever. It's like yeah, like they're gonna show up and play. And, yeah, you know, 
I'm hoping they can uh, extract themselves from that sort of. Uh, I think they will. Reputation. I think they're going Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's going to be like probably the same lineup as the last tour that they did, and then it's just moving moving forward. EJ seems very confident in it, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna trust him on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been um, down for the cause from day one with them. Yeah. Um, and you're touring with Attila. Um, since we mentioned Franz, you're touring Europe later this year, right? Yeah. Have you toured with Attila before? I'm assuming we have, you have never. At some point. No, we've okay. never toured with them. Uh, like we've always just like maybe like come like ran into each other at like like party or something like that. And I think we're all everything's all cool, but like yeah, we've never toured together. Well, that's cool. That that's surprising. Speaking of Attila, is there any beef that you wanted to squash? While you're on the podcast, <laughs> what? Now that you solved the uh, the yeah, Franz Frankie uh, Amir, which Mark, if um, I don't oh. know if they're really gonna resolve the whole thing, but you know, if you had to put money on Frankie or Franz in a charity boxing match, oh, they uh, they solved it on Twitter the other day. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> the whole, um, yeah, they, we were we were tagged and all that good stuff. I just want to know who who would win that boxing match, and I want it on record. <laughs> man, I don't know. I would, Damn it! I would. I'd have to go. I'm just gonna go off of my own top of the head. I would say based on body stature, I'd have to go with Frankie. I think Frankie's been in more fights than Franz has, but I don't know. Bigger. I'm not saying Franz doesn't look like he can punch or throw a punch or take one, and I'm not saying that Frankie can or or can't. But just Frankie just seems a little angrier, and that, yeah. that angst is really helpful in a in a fighting in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be a tour you'd like to be on, the Attila and your tour when they get back together? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so do you want to squash some beefs? Squash some beef? I don't got any beef. Do you want to start some? Yeah, dude. We can start some. Who, who should we call out? I don't know. <laughs> Somebody big. Yeah, someone big. Ooh. Well, do you like start, start shit with Creed or something, you know? <laughs> totally, yeah. Man. They're safe to start shit with. Fuck that shit. Yeah, it's dude. Come on. It's not Keep my shit. shit together, bro. I don't listen to that, so I don't know. I don't like it. What is the, uh, what is the off the wall collaboration that you would like to have? Cause we just saw like Billy Ray Cyrus do some stuff with like a rapper, you know. Yeah. What's, what's that the most hot. off the wall shit you would like to get, to put on record? Um, well, I mean, I've like, I have a lot of friends that are getting into the hip hop world and then a lot of them that are in like the electronic music world and that's like, honestly, more realistic, <laughs> but, but, uh, being from Chicago, you should have ample fingers in both of those genres. Yeah, well, all my friends in Chicago are like house music DJs, and that's like not my thing. To we'll be get you honest. There. <laughs> I'll get you there. All right, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. But yeah, before we, some house before we uh, wrap up, I just wanted you. Um, are there any up and coming bands you can you can uh, recommend? Attest to. Um, yes. Give me some names. Lately, Who should I check out? I've, I've liked these two Japanese bands, like, recently. There's one called Passe Pied. <laughs> it's like P-A-S-S-E-P-I-E-D. I like All that right. band. And then there's one called Soko Ni Naru. <laughs> and those those two bands are, like, my most recent discoveries that have been, it like... It sounds like anime. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like anime <laughs> music, I guess. Like, but it's it's very technical and, like, cool and fast. Even, like... That Soko Ni Naru band will be like, I think they're starting singing and stuff, but then they'll be like blast beats too. It's cool. Oh, well, that sounds wild. All right. Uh, thank you. I will check them out. 
Oh, yeah. Right, I think they're going to start the video, video shoot. Here. Yeah, I think yeah. you can hear it now. So um, we got a rap video shoot going down here at the Toontown. That's pretty cool. Sometimes happens, you know. <laughs> uh, Any final yeah. words, Mark? Um. Well, thank you guys for having me on here. And uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate. It. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. we'll have a, a new single to promote, like within the next month or two. Yeah. So just send it over. You know, we'll get it on. Well, <laughs> Alex will post it on. Can't wait to can't wait to read the comments on, on that. They well, will be glowing. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a bummer when there are no comments? Um, Is it more of a bummer when there's no comments, or do you like the comments? I already know what to expect. I, I I was really into the whole sheetrock thing. That that fad was really fun. <laughs> I don't even know so where the hell question, that came. A question, from. a question someone wanted me to ask you: uh, When are you guys going to tour South America, Latin America? Oh yeah, come to Brazil. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's a, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that for sure. Okay. Well, it's not. My, I mean, I'm here, so I, that's probably not the answer me. they were hoping for. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we've been touring a lot with Dance Gavin Dance, and we've hit, I think, three continents so far, so we might as well just get them to do South America. Just do all seven. Just yeah, you, do you guys would do all seven, play like a show for some penguins on Antarctica. Yeah, come dope. to Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, again, appreciate it. Thank you for being on, Mark. Um, for sure. Yeah, and that's basically it. So good luck tonight at the show. Cheers. And uh, going forward. Thanks, Anything guys. else, Alex? Nope, that's it. Thanks. Thanks again, right. Mark. Much appreciated. Cheers. Hell yeah. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week, I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.